Hi, everyone. We want to thank you for uh, over the past several weeks, we've had a massive increase. Maybe it's because of you, Nicole, uh, in, in viewers and listeners uh, to our podcast, Odyssey House Journals. And our goal is to examine all aspects of uh, addiction and recovery and hopefully provide hope to people. If you have some loved ones who are dealing with addiction or if perhaps you're watching, although I doubt it, if you're addicted right now, what would it be like watching one of these podcasts high? You, either, if you, I guess if you were on meth, you might stay awake, but, but if you're <laughs> on heroin, you might not often fall asleep. Uh, welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle. My co-host is Nicole Slack, and our guest today is Jessica. And Nicole, you suggested Jessica, so yeah. maybe you'd like to introduce her, what yeah. you know about her. Jessica is a... Am I allowed to say that? Uh, Jessica is an Odyssey House client, mm -hmm. and um, she is fantastic. I just really enjoy her story, and I really love how much she wants to give back to the youth. So that's, I thought she'd be great. And, and, and I don't know your story, but Nicole was giving me a few little tidbits of your story that sounded pretty unbelievable. Maybe you can tell us what went wrong in your life, and, and then we'll talk about what's going right in your life. Okay. Um, I grew up um, in a pretty domestic, violent home, um, and I just was an angry child. Um, and I used anger uh, for a really long time as my way to just express everything I was feeling in the world. Um, and I made an extremely selfish decision when I was 15. Um, am I allowed to say? Um, you can say anything you want. <laughs> okay. um, I attempted to take um, the life of someone. Um, I was in a correctional facility. And I tried to escape, and in my attempt to do so, I had um, attempted to take the life of one of the staff members there. Now, what were you doing in a correctional facility at 15? Um, and what kind of facility was it? It was um, a lockdown facility, um, basically waiting to, for sentencing type of a situation. Um, and I was there for a number of reasons when I was a kid. Um, car theft, um, shoplifting, um, Sloughing school, just things that adolescents do. Um, that, Were you using at the time? Um, I would drink and smoke marijuana periodically, um, but nothing hardcore at that time. Okay. Um, Let me stop you for a sec. You said you grew up, grew up in a domestic violence situation. Mm -hmm. does, does that mean your parents? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and was it a male? Yeah, it was my dad. Okay. Yeah. And he was violent with your mom? Yeah. And that made you... Just angry. I was just an angry kid. and Was he violent toward you? Um, no. Uh, very. Con the house was controlling. Um, it was very tiptoey all the time. Um, there was um, a lot of fighting and a lot of being witness to those fights. Hmm. Um, and that's, that's tough as a kid, yeah. especially at that age. Yeah. So... So you tried to escape from this, and, and we're not talking about, like, the penitentiary or the Salt Lake County Jail. No, it was like a detention center for kids. Okay, like Decker Lake. Yeah, kind of like, it, yeah, that exactly, but just for Weber County. Okay. 
So you attempted to kill one of the staff or guard, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. so, so you were facing charges of... I was certified as an adult um, when I was 15, and I was sentenced to the Utah State Prison when I was 15, and I did 12 years um, consecutively um, the first time that I went to prison, and then... You um, went to prison at the age of 15? Yeah. And you did how many years? 12. <sighs> Boy, I, I just have to believe there's something wrong with sending, regardless of the offense, sending a 15-year-old to the Utah State Prison. I bet you learned a lot of good things in there. I learned a lot of good things <laughs> and a lot of bad things. <laughs> I, I, I was saying that sarcastically. Yeah, God, what's it, how were you treated when you went to the prison at 15? Um, for the most part, the inmates there... Um, they were just kind of also like, why, why is a 15-year-old here? And so a lot of the people were like motherly um, and just wanted to help you and take care of you. Um, but then there were those some guards that knew that I had tried to take the life of someone um, that would have been one of their peers. Right. And so some of them treat you badly, and then some of them are also understanding like... I grew up, obviously, around a lot of violence. What's wrong? Why would someone at such a young age think that that was okay or try to do that? Um, so you, it's like a, you have both. Did you use while you were in prison? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I would say that my addiction started there. Meth? Um, periodically when it would come in. Um, but most of the time, um, prescription drugs that came in. Like oxy or um, yeah, or um, or just medicine that people like uh, Wellbutrin, Gabapentin, okay. things like that, just abusing them. Wow. Were there a lot of other people around your age, or um, only my co-defendant? Um, it was just me and her. Um, in the first five years that I was there, um, I was in supermax, and so at the most, I came out of my room for two hours a day. Um, so I was locked down 22, 23 hours a day. At 15? Mm -hmm. Until I was 21. Um, I was on a notoriety override due to the severity of my charges. And then because um, I was underage, they kept me there. That's what they said at first, that they were keeping me in max because of my age. And then once I hit 18, um, then I was on a notoriety override. And so they kept me back there until I was 21. To keep you safe? Um, or because of your charges? So the way that it was explained to me by one of the captains that was over my facility was that the warden's position was voted for, and um, if he made a wrong decision, he could be voted out of that. And so it was more politics. He didn't want to let me out and put me into population and then other people not be okay with it because as soon as they changed wardens i was out of pop i was out in population immediately like she the warden um was baffled that they had kept us in max for so long and in a room for so long at such a young age shoot so it was really just a matter of opinions between wardens and one warden wasn't okay with it and then another one was so from 15 to 21, you were in maximum security mm -hmm. at the Utah State Prison. Mm -hmm. What a way to grow up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Huh. And and so when you did finally get out, how many years later? Um, I I was released for the first time. I was almost twenty seven. Oh, God, I I feel for you. That's like that's like almost a death sentence at fifteen. It's like so. How did you handle all, all those years when you should have been growing up and doing what normal kids do? Um, I had been incarcerated a lot as a child. Um, so, like, from the time I was, like, 11, 12. And so being incarcerated was kind of what I knew. And so it was comfortable for me. Really? Um, yeah. Like, and I just kind of... I've always been the type of person, like, this is what I have to deal with right now. There's no point in worrying about what I can or can't do. Um, and so I just had to accept it. And um, I'm a pretty spiritual person. Um, I don't think that I would have been able to get through it without my belief in God. Um, and just knowing that my story was meant to help someone one day. And that everything that I'm going through is so that I can help somebody else one day. Wow. When you got out at 27, how long till you went back? Um, a year. Everybody I knew, all my friends that I had were from prison. And they were drug addicts. And I started using meth at that time. You used it in prison, but you started using it heavily when you got yeah, out. Yeah, I, I probably on one hand can count how many times I tried meth when it came in because um, it just came in in so many different ways. Um, and so, you, and it's expensive, and I didn't have that I'll kind of money. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I heavily started using when I got out. And then you go back in yeah. for serious uh, crimes or drug no, crimes? just um just, uh, not just, I don't want to, um, parole violations. So okay. just violating my parole. So how did you finally, I, I don't know how old you are now. Do you want to say it or not? You don't have to. Don't have 37. To. Uh, 37. So, how, <laughs> okay. Well, you look a lot younger than that. Thanks. Of course, I'm an old guy. Uh, what, how did you finally decide to seek treatment and, and, and get help? So I've been um, honestly just going in and out of prison. Um, I've gone back a few times since then. Um, and I've been out, September was a year, so I've been out over a year this time. And um, I was just starting to go down that path again. And the new prison, I was there for the transfer the new prison is a whole nother podcast in itself to talk about, but it's just terrible. Worse than Point of the Mountain. Worse than the Point of the Mountain. The point, and this is um, this is terrible to say this, but going back to Draper was like a mini vacation. Like it was like compared to the new prison. And the new prison is like walking into the depths of hell. <laughs> like it's just it's terrible it's in in the month and a half that i spent at that new prison i seen more fights and more violence than the 16 years that i have put in to the prison altogether for those of you watching who are not because we have people all around the world watching and everything yeah. uh utah's had a a, a large penitentiary uh, that we were that we called point of the mountain uh that's halfway that's south of salt lake city and and the legislature decided to build 
a new prison that's north of our Salt Lake International Airport, and they spent billions of dollars claiming it was going to be the most modern and the most wonderful prison. Uh, and it They sounds, couldn't have been bigger liars. <laughs> now, is it because of the, I understood it was because part of the reasons for violence at the new prison is the is the way they set up things in, yeah. in terms of... So in Draper, you have cells that you can go into in your room and you can shut the door behind you. The new prison is all um, dorms. And so there's no escape. There's no getting in an argument with somebody and taking a few minutes to calm down and going to your room. It's just there and it's in your face. And the guards are, are where? I understood. They're with you, aren't they? They're or, supposed to be. That was the philosophy because they get to know you and you guys not become buddies, but, but yeah. it'd be a more friendly atmosphere. They have a um, CO desk that's in the section, but they don't have enough COs and manpower. So a lot of times there's nobody in the sections for hours and hours and hours. So it's just <laughs> the inmates controlling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. It's, and I just, so when I was released, I just promised myself I was never going to return there. That it was just hateful, and it, that's just not how I wanted to live my life. And I got out. Um, so their system kind of works. In a in way. A, in, in a <laughs> way. It's, it's so bad, way. I'm never going back. Yeah. <laughs> and for, for someone like me, I grew up there, literally. And so it's always been a home. Like, it's always been home. It's always been okay for me to go back there. Like, I, I at some point in my life, I was like, I'm probably going to be in and out of prison for my whole life. Ooh. And I was okay with that. And I'm not okay with that anymore. And so that's what led me to Odyssey House. And you've done well in Odyssey House. Yeah. Uh, and the, the thing, I, thing I love about you, and I, I only see you occasionally for, for meetings, is, is you're part of a, a group at Odyssey House that we sort of call the elite of our, of our, of our clients in, in residential treatment called JETS. And so I see you on a meeting every Thursday and sort of keep track on some of the things you're yeah. doing. And one of the coolest things you've done is help me. We, Odyssey has a variety of programs, if you're not aware of it. And again, I'm not trying to promote Odyssey. I'm just trying to explain this. And we have an adolescent residential program. And it's for kids 13 through 17 or 18 uh, who... Uh, who were going down the same path you were. And, and you have bridged the gap and, have, and are trying to get our jets, our adult jets, to work with our kids. Yeah. Why, why is that so important to you? I, because I know what it's like to be a kid and feel... I don't even want to say the word alone, but alone. Um, I did have support. I did have family growing up. I did have a lot of people who were there for me, but I, for some reason, was that kid that pushed him away. Like, um, I don't know if it's all the trauma that I went through as a child with my family that I've just, I pushed them away. And, um, so I pushed them so far away that at times I was alone. And I... Well, you were alone emotionally. Yeah. Right. And, um, I just, I want to help them. I want them to know that there are people out here that are thinking about them, that care about them, and they don't even know who they are. Um, 
I want to get them involved because I feel like if they're if I had been doing more positive things as a youth, um, instead of sitting at home watching fights or um, listening to my parents argue or things, and I was out doing positive things, that my life would have been much different. And um, I just, I don't want the same thing to happen to them that happened to me. I don't think that um, it was an injustice what happened to me. Granted, I did do something terrible, and I regret it wholeheartedly. Um, but I don't think that a prison is a place for a child to grow up in, and I don't ever want any child to ever have to go through that. You think about it, you, yeah, yeah, you've spent like half your life in prison. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, have you had a chance to interact with the adolescents? Yeah. Um, uh, a handful of us were able to go last Friday and cook them dinner, and we made them spaghetti. And we were, it was terrible, by the way, but they were so happy about it. They were so grateful. <laughs> they were. Like, it, don't get me wrong, the sauce tasted good, but the noodles were so stuck together. Like, they did terrible, <laughs> but it was fun. We had fun doing it. And so we went and um, we made spaghetti and we made, uh, had stuff for banana splits and we made them brownies. And then we just went and sat with them and interacted with them and hung out. And and then um, there were six of us that were able to go to a Utes game with them afterwards. So Wow. Yeah. What what kind of interactions did you have? I I, I was lucky enough to, we, we, the upper level staff here cooks a holiday dinner for them once a year. Yeah. And, and, and I always found it to be just an enjoyable experience, yeah. especially, did you guys serve them? That, that, that yeah. they sat down? And that's what yeah. they really seem yeah. to appreciate because they've had to, you know, take control of their own lives at the adolescent facility and, and, and get their own food and sit down yeah. and take their dishes back. and, and Yeah, we cooked for them. We served them. Uh, we did the dishes for them, took out the garbage. Like, wow. we just wanted them to just relax and just have a good time. I thought they'd be more standoffish being teenagers. Yeah. But when we got in there, they just, like... Hi, what's your name? Yeah. What's your DOC? And I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> yeah. I'm Nicole, I'm they an alcoholic. Like, <laughs> hi. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I had the same experience. You they know, were super excited. Yeah, right. I was I was expecting them to be kind of standoffish, too. I thought I was going to have to pull it out of them to just, like, talk with us. But it wasn't. It was neat. Yeah. So it was fun. And we, they do the same levels as the houses do. Yeah. So they were like, what level are you? Yeah. I'm a nav. Like, it was yeah. cool. It was neat. Did they, did they ask you about your, did you have a chance to share your prison experience or not? I did briefly because one of the other jets, <laughs> there's a, there was a young, a young boy there and he uh, is expecting a child soon. And so um, they asked how old he was and he gave his age. And then um, the other jet looked at me and he knows my story and he was like, oh yeah, what were you doing at that age? And I was like. I was imprisoned and it, it kind of got quiet and everybody was like, why? What happened? And they asked a little bit. They asked if I um, regretted it, um, if I would change anything about what happened. And I answered their questions. Um, we were given very strict instructions to not go in there and seem like, 
like we're gloating about our charges right, and things. Right. And so I was, until I'm more comfortable, I was just really like standoffish about how to respond to them yeah. because I don't want to lose that opportunity to get in there. Sure. So I was just very brief in my questions, but I, I made it very aware to them that um, I made decisions that I'm not proud of. And for the people that I hurt, I would change it in a minute. But for me and the lessons that I've learned and the person that I've become today, I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be who I am. You seem like, I, I mean, you must have been a relatively violent person uh, to do what you did, but you seem like such a peaceful, well-educated, lovely person. I mean, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I was. I, I, I was an angry kid, and that was, that was the only thing I knew how to get. I didn't, my dad grew up, you know, you don't cry, get up, don't cry. And so I, I grew up not crying and expressing myself emotionally, and the only thing I ever seen was just violence. And so, yeah. Wow. You only see violence, no violence. Like, I, I think about you saying you tried to escape and, like, all these things, like, that's kids' thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess adults try to escape too, but, and your reaction to it and hurting someone, you probably didn't even comprehend that ending someone life part, you know? Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't think about that end part. Yeah. Like, I just thought, do this, get out, steal the car, and go. And I didn't even know where I was going. I didn't even plan that far ahead. Yeah. Like I, because you're a kid. I didn't think about any yeah. of that, and I didn't. And then it just kind of hit me. I I remember the day. It was my it was my birthday, and I had just turned seventeen. And I was laying on my bed, and I just thought, I'm going to be here for a long time. And I think it hit me that day, like in that a couple of years later. Like I just remember, I just laid there, and I was like, Wow, I'm going to be here for a while. What? If you don't mind me asking, what was your sentence? Um, my sentence is aggravated attempts at murder. Uh, not the charge, like what oh, was the duration? Okay. Yeah. Five to life? Yeah. I'm just picturing a little 15-year-old standing in front of a judge getting five to life. I'm sentencing you to five to life. Yeah. What did I, when the judge issued that sentence, what was, I mean, what was going through your head? Were you that hardcore that it was just like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't think that I was hardcore, but I, I didn't cry. Um, I just went back to um, prison because I was doing their diagnostics program, which they don't even do anymore. So I was there doing diagnostics. I went to sentencing, got sentenced, and then I just moved from one section to the R&O section. And I, it was just like, okay, this is my life. Just ex radical acceptance. Just no emotional response. Yeah, none. Just like, okay, the next thing is now this. Yeah, and I think that when I did finally was on my birthday when I was laying there and I was like, gosh, I'm going to be here for a while. You seem so happy now in, in Odyssey House. Yeah. A lot of people aren't that happy in Odyssey House going through treatment. You, you a happy person now? Yeah. I think um, for me, I've realized, because um, I've gone through um, a lot since I've been out. I've, I've had two children. Um, they have been adopted um, because of my poor choices. Um, I'm fortunate enough that 
the woman that adopted my children, her and her husband, want me to be a part of their lives still. They want my kids to know where they came from. Um, but she has great boundaries, and I aspire to be like her so much because, like, sh- I know that when she sets a boundary, she's doing it for the sake of our children and protecting them and keeping them safe. And when I'm done living the life that I was living, I can be a part of their life. But until then, I I can't. And she's doing that to protect them. And so for a long time, I was really dark and I had no hope. My kids were gone. I didn't feel like I had anything anymore. So why not get high? And um, I think it. I realized going to prison this last time that I don't have another chance with her. She's not going to keep giving me opportunities to be in. And I can't do it for my kids. I have to do it for me. And I have to want to be sober and I want to have a better life. And when those things line up, then my kids can come into play. And um, for me, I know that this is what I have to do to stay sober. And I want and I hope that I can come back and work for Odyssey House. Um, That's why I'm taking all the steps with the Jets and the Voyage program that I am taking because I know that if I don't stay connected, it, that it's not going to work for me. And so this is this is it for me. Let me guess. If you came back to work for Odyssey, you'd want to work in the adolescent program. I would. <laughs> I would. Absolutely. When, I, I was curious. When you were describing your uh, emotions, when you went to the adolescent program, you had tears in your eyes. Yeah. Why? Because it's just a sensitive subject for me. Um, I just want them to know so badly that that there are people that love them because so many kids feel hopeless. So many kids feel like they don't have anybody. So many kids have family members that are addicts and, and they are constantly like taking care of their younger siblings, cleaning, acting at 13. They're the mom. They're taking care of their mom because they're nodding out or, you know, and they're living a tough life and they don't have to. They don't have to be living that life, but circumstances have led them to live that life. And um, I, I just, I'm, I feel for them a lot. I think one of the things that really, I don't know, made me think about you more and more was when you, like how, like Jets always have ideas that they want to do. You followed through on your ideas, which I was like, okay, this is like, a girl who's doing it. Yeah. But when you wanted to teach them how to give back and the jets give back by making naloxone kits and doing all that, but we can't have the adolescents around syringes and, and you came up with a plan to help them give back. And you're like, no, they need to feel like they're doing something. They need to feel like they're helping people too. And I just thought your passion for that. And like, you sincerely care about them. Mm -hmm. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And the cool thing about you uh, is that you follow through. <laughs> uh, I, uh, is that having, a problem? <laughs> well, it's unique. <laughs> Nicole can testify to this. And I, I've been with Odyssey for six years, and part of the problem is when you come up with an idea and you say, okay, you take, you take care of it, you take the next step, and it never happens. Uh, or it happens sometimes, but you did it just right on, you know. Yeah. I'm going to get it done. Yeah. I wasn't taking no for an answer. 
Yeah. <laughs> or I was going to try really hard until it just got slammed. <laughs> so, so what do you, uh, so when you get out of Odyssey, it, after a given period of time, you want to come back and work here. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What about your personal future? You want to get married? You want to have more kids? You want to... No. No? No. Um, I think right now, um, I, I, de- I definitely, um, a part of me, I, I definitely don't want more kids. Um, I don't, for one, I'm the, the clock's ticking. I'm getting up there. <laughs> um, but for two, um, I don't know that I could ever, my daughter is a lot like me, very strong-minded um, and very questiony. She has a lot of questions. Like, she's like how come I can't go to my mommy Jessica's house and see what my room looks like? And so her mom told her, well, your mommy is in timeout right now. And so a few <laughs> days later, she's like, my mom's been in timeout for a long time. <laughs> like, she just is, a, she's a smart one. Um, I think she would be so angry. Like, why can you have other kids but not us? Gotcha. And so okay. I just, um, and I, I didn't want any more kids. Like, I had the kids that yeah. I had. And so I just don't think that there's more kids in my future. Right. Um, and maybe one day Prince Charming will come along. But I'm 37 and he hasn't came yet. So oh, I'm wow. not keeping my hopes He's up. He's just <laughs> around the corner here. We're out of time. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Yeah. You're a really amazing woman. Thank uh, you. And you're doing great things. So yeah. thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Nicole. Yeah. Thanks for suggesting, Jessica. And thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.